0: the Champions League. And yeah, we're back again for the end of year podcast from myself, Hamz and from Sal Grealish, Sal Parkinson, whatever names I came up with, Salim, in 2021. Hopefully, they were all good nicknames. But yeah, we're at the end of our podcast. We're going to just be reviewing the year, our best bits, our worst bits, what we enjoyed the most about football in 2021, what we didn't like. Um, but there's a lot to talk about. So Salim, thanks for coming back on the podcast. It's good to have you back representing the Interbatley merchandise as well. How have you been? You no, know,
1: it is just merch, always merch.
0: <laughs> I need one with HK on there as well. I need Interbatley to sort me one out. I'm a big advocate of, of Interbatley. Been,
1: I mean, I've been asking for more merch. You can never have enough merch, I think.
0: Nah, you always need more, don't you? Which is the case. But no, sorry, how have you been? Are you okay?
1: Yeah, I've been quite well, to be honest. Um, Just sort of the usual stuff is getting quite cold. Um, So yeah, I mean... In terms of football wise been playing haven't played as much I've played a few games uh, we won on the weekend That's it was free it was freezing though honestly it was really cold um yeah other than that you know it was one of those classic Sunday league pitches with like literally like a swamp in the middle of it that you could have gone for a swim for but yeah it was a good game and you know for me like I rather play in the freezing cold than it being called off because the game the week before was called off due to the pitch being so sort of frosted over. So that's sort of oh, the okay. last thing, you know, when you're getting ready in the morning. I remember getting ready. I taped up my shin pads. Everything was good to go. And then literally I was leaving the house and you get the text saying the referee's inspected the pitch and he's, you know, he's saying it's not safe to go forward with it. And, you know, that's, that's the last text you want to get in the morning. But yeah, I mean, I'd rather play than get that extra sleep in on a Sunday. You? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's good to hear that you've been going through football. Do you guys get a winter break as well? Because with us, um, with me being at university, I've got like some like a month off, which is crazy. But I've never experienced that before. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, just standing at university. But for me, I'm like, wow, a month of me just not doing anything besides working or scouting instead of like going to university. So this will be quite fun for me. Um, but do you get a winter break in, in the football in the football year?
1: Yeah, there's like a Christmas break they give everyone. I think it's oh, yeah. I think it's quite good, to be honest. Um, you know, it gives you some some dates, a few I think it's normally two to three weeks. I think last year the winter break was shorter due to COVID and yeah. having to miss so many games anyway. So the winter break was shortened, but then we had another break due to like uh, lockdown and stuff anyway. Uh, I assume the, the break's going to be probably like three weeks worth, two weeks. But yeah, like you said, obviously you're at uni, so you'll get a nice break. I recommend probably just getting on you know, on FIFA or a football manager, you could probably class that as, you know, extra study on the side.
0: Technically, it is football manager for, for yeah, a I'd, football I'd manager.
1: So.
0: No, it needs to be done, though. It's just you need a bit of downtime every now and then. Everyone kind of needs it just to unwind and start again for the new year coming up. So this is why I thought it'd be good to pre-record this episode a couple of weeks before the end of the year, because at the end of the year, um, I'll be away. So I won't be able to record a podcast where I'm going and Everyone will be busy relaxing, spending time with their family. They'll have some weddings to go to, some birthdays, some events, New Year's Eve, of course, which will be good. Um, but yeah, I think we'll dive straight into the podcast today. Uh, so Today's episode is basically our review of the 2021 year in football, how it went, how what the best bits were, what the worst bits were, what your favourite goal was, all of that kind of jazz. Um, I'm looking forward to it because there'll be loads of disagreements between us, but few agreements as well. So, Salem, why don't you start us off with... What you really enjoyed about football in 2021 and what made it different from previous years? Obviously, with the COVID factor and everything, the Super League getting involved, all of that jazz. Go back into the stadiums. Another one. I'd say,
1: the, I'd say the number one moment for me of all of it was probably going back to Villa Park for that sort of last home game of the season uh, against Chelsea, mm. which we won well two one. So it was the last game that I saw you know like Jack in a Villa shirt as well, but. I think just being in that select group of, you know, not that, there was probably 10,000 fans there. Um, so being a part of that, I think that was probably the best moment, I think, because I couldn't have gone the full season without going to a single game. Like, obviously, we couldn't go anyway, but it was one of them. But then it did put me in like, um, in quite a, like a select group or a select Venn diagram that went to, so Wembley, I went to Villa's last home game before lockdown, went to Wembley, went to Villa's last away game before lockdown, which was the Leicester away, which is the last game played in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And then I also went to Villa's first game back with fans. So it put me into quite a select group there.
0: No, it's always always the best thing, really, when you're a part of a group of fans and um, the club appreciate you because they could easily have just rejected your um, application for that final game and given it to someone else. So it must have felt really, really good to be back in... Villa Park at that time as well and I remember you were really looking forward to it from what you were telling us on the group at the time and it's always it's always good to go back and um after such a long time as well because it was nearly a year or nearly yeah it was nearly a year
1: it was about over a year year. and to be honest I didn't even win the ballot it's just that it came up again for like a re-ballot and then I I won it through there so
0: oh nice that's good
1: Yes, that was the thing. I I lost in the ballots. I was like, oh, there's no chance I'm going to get this now. And then I just checked my emails randomly and they're like, oh, you've been selected. This was like, I think, two days before the game. Hmm. Uh, At that point, you know, the hope was gone. Like I just thought, oh, whatever. There's no way I'm going to get a ticket. I'll just have to watch it from home. But it's not a problem. And yeah, luckily, I was just refreshing my emails one day, you know, as you do when when you're bored uh, on your phone. And yeah, I just saw like a random email and uh, kind of looked like one of those like fake emails as well, because it's not it was it wasn't like prepared properly it was one of those i like rushed send out kind of things and yeah i just followed it through and i got my two tickets and yeah good to go
0: imagine if that was a spam one like one of those random spammy modes. you've been selected to go to Aston. yeah Benavis. it was, like that. It, was like
1: that. it was literally like that but it's like you know you've seen so many over the years you're like no nah, it can't be real
0: surely not then you have to check the sender and you have to check if, if it's been approved and everything and yeah it was that's good to hear that was um but yeah we'll stick with you and then we'll move on to, on to me but what did you really enjoy from watching your team Aston Villa this season and this year I should say we're not in this season but um, from last season with Dean Smith and Jack Grealish to now with uh, Stephen Gerrard at the helm what have you really enjoyed about watching Aston Villa and England as well in the European Championships what did you enjoy about that?
1: I'll, I'll be honest uh, 2021 was quite a, has been quite a hard year for, for Villa I mean uh it's, it's the main reason that Dean lost his job, which is obviously sad to see. Mm. Uh, they, they did cite that the 2021, the year itself, not just this season, the five defeats in a row, they said this year in total was the problem. But that's obviously with Jack missing like 14 games with injury last season, et cetera. But obviously we don't want to go into that. But yeah, I'd say it's been a tough year for us. Um, I think that with Gerard coming in, you know, he wasn't my first choice, if I'm being honest. He was somebody that, you know, I thought... It'd probably be a good shout, but I sort of wanted like a bigger name kind of thing. But, you Definitely. know, I'm over, the, over the moon with it, Uh, you know, he's been really respectful towards like the stuff that Dean's put in place as well. So that was always quite important that whoever came in had to understand the job that was done. Because, you know, where Dean took us to where we are now, you, you can't hate the man. He's progressed us three seasons in a row. But yeah, it was a hard year. But, you know, ending the year on this sort of high... With the way that the football we've been playing, like I went to the Man City game and, you know, we literally played out from the back. We had City rattled at times, we pressed really well. We should have got the point. You know, we were one of, I can't remember, there was a stat saying that we limited City to like below one XG and we created 10 chances. In comparison, United created, I think, one chance or something and PSG only created four. Mm. So if you put that as sort of a benchmark, considering that Gerald's only had two weeks to work with the, these set of players, He's not brought anyone in, but I mean, you know, give him some time. So I think 2021, you know, a couple of wins and, you know, we're back. We're already back in the top half and we're, we're looking up. It looks quite tight in the prem. You know, we're like four points behind six for wherever it is. I can't even remember. Uh, I mean, it's probably changes from when this actually gets uploaded. But I think 2021 has been like sort of transitional year for us. I think we've brought some good youngsters through as well. And I think it's the perfect springboard for us to go and, achieve some stuff in 2022 from an England point of view I mean it was disappointing how it ended um the Euros but from a sort of fan perspective it was actually quite good because I was down in London for the week as if you remember uh yeah. sort of the semi-finals
0: week and we had great fun out there actually sort of um I was bugging so- silent to come down to Wembley and be like come meet me and my cousins, we're going to the game and you're just like, no, nah, we're, we're fine, no, we'll go um, on. Our plan our plan was to come to Wembley, but with um,
1: how busy it was and stuff, it just wasn't possible. But to mm. be honest, when, when Italy won their semis, we did come out and celebrate with them. Uh, And then when England won that, that evening, we were out till late, like, you know, we were staying in Southwark anyway and we went up to like London Bridge and uh, we ended up in, you know, central London, Piccadilly Circus and we were just walking around there and The vibes were quite amazing, but obviously it was a bit dangerous as well. But but that was like a night, you know, I'll probably never get to live again because how often are we going to get a major tournament like that in this country and, you know, win a semi-final and a chance to celebrate? But yeah, I mean, I've said it before, you know, I I still don't think Southgate's the right man. And you could just tell from that final that it was going to be similar to the Croatia situation. But all in all, you know, you, you can't deny that. The, the fans really got together and everyone had quite a good time this summer.
0: Do you know how mad it is that this time next year we will be in a World Cup in Qatar? We'll actually be talking this time next year. Hopefully everything goes well. And it will be over by December the 18th because that's when the World Cup final is next year. December okay. 18th. That's mad. That's insane that is. Yeah. is. I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I'm now like What at this moment of recording, I'm watching Champions League football talking to you whilst wearing a hoodie. And I've never watched the World Cup in the winter. And in South Africa, it was winter time. Parts in Brazil, it was it was cold as well uh, when they did it in 2014. But it's never like when we're in the winter. That's crazy. It's actually in December and November, which is going to be fantastic. And that's definitely something for us to look forward to in the new year as well. So, um, coming up to that, that'll be really good. Um, in terms of my favourite moments in in 2021. I'd probably go down the same route as you to be first, I'm Going back to Old Trafford for the first time uh in a year and a half for me, because again, I went to that Man United versus Man City game, our last game before COVID hit and everything stopped and got delayed. And then I got to go to Man United versus Newcastle, and I got to share it with um a couple of friends and family members who went there as well. Arif Raheel and Vish, they all went as well, which is brilliant. Um, and Safian went as well. Can't remember, yeah. He did go to that one as well. I can't believe Safian went to watch Man United play but it, it was just great to see um, a full crowd at Old Trafford again to feel that atmosphere because realistically speaking as a sports fan there's not really much anything that gives you as much pleasure when you're actually watching a game you can always watch a game at home but with, with no crowd and not being part of an atmosphere it's not as fun and it's not as entertaining and we've said it many times on this podcast being a football fan is is there's there's highs to it and there's lows to it but that was one of the days where there's a definite high seeing Christian, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo come back, get to celebrate with my friends and family, um, really having a good day out in the sun in Manchester, and it barely shines in Manchester, so it's it definitely a warm day that day. Uh, with England, I'd probably say England was probably the second best moment, was England versus Germany. Instead of the semi-final against Denmark or the quarterfinals against Ukraine or the group stages, England versus Germany was such a, Big moment in terms of like the fact that we've watched England versus Germany over years, and we've always lost in these international tournaments from from our lifetime anyway, from our generation. And to see England win um, at Germany against Germany with a clean sheet against Wembley uh, at Wembley, getting tongues out here, I I really enjoyed it. And again, it was in one of those times where it was on a, it was on a weekday. There was nothing really to do um, because it was like five o'clock and people were finishing work, so I'm just there at home and I stuck it on the on the watch-along thing on YouTube as well, which I enjoyed. It was quite fun to do that. It was a new experience. But realistically speaking, um, there's going to be a lot of challenges for Gareth Southgate in Qatar next year. And I'm looking forward to talking about them next year as well. There's going to be a big build-up, um, especially from, from us on Friday Night counter as well. Um, but yeah, those are my kind of favourite, probably, yeah, favourite one or two moments regarding club and country. Now, Salim, here's, here's a tough one. Here's a tough one for you. Name me your top three favourite goals that you've seen this year.
1: Ooh. Top three. Mm.
0: They can be favourites or best, however you want to uh, describe it. Um. You can go for top one if it's too, if it's too difficult because I put you on the spot that I can't lie. But there's been so many good goals to watch this there's season. There's
1: been so many that I can barely remember half of them. Uh, I'd say one that's up there was the Ollie Watkins' uh, first goal against Brighton that day. Mm. And, oh, I thought it was and, you know, you just needed that moment of inspiration. So I'd put that one up there. Um, two more. I'm trying to think. um oof. trying to think. For a top moment, actually, I'd put the Emi Martinez um, moment against United. Oh, my God. I know it's not gold, I, I, a goal, but...
0: A good moment. It's a good moment for Bilal. You know, it's
1: important as a goal, but, you know, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league. You know, this podcast started, I got laughed at for saying that he was the numero uno for Argentina and all that kind of stuff. But, mm. you know, since then, you know, he's gone on to win the Copper and... You know, he's probably one of the best keepers in the Premier League right now. Albeit, you know, and Dean Smith, you could say he wasn't as protected as much from his defense. And we were leaking goals. That was, you know, probably 18th or something in goals conceded and shots faced. We were like 20th. So if you
0: notice know as well, the person who was uh, criticizing Emmy Martinez hasn't been on the podcast since that episode. That says, that says something, doesn't it? Why has Rahil just aired the podcast since Emmy Martinez has turned up? That's just embarrassment.
1: All
0: embarrassment, that's probably the best word for it. Most likely, most likely. Um, you know, Amy Martinez has been a revelation this season for Aston Villa and, and for Argentina as well, winning the Copa America, which was which must have been amazing for Lionel Messi as well, who's um, yeah. now at PSG, which is great. One of my favorite goals was from Lionel Messi. Um, Lionel Messi versus PSG, that was one of the goals that made me. Oh, the Man City Copa. game, yeah, no, no. Versus PSG when he was at Barcelona.
1: Oh, when he was at Barcelona, okay.
0: Yeah, that, that made me jump up and scream, wow, because I'm just uh, like, this is insane. That was an amazing goal in the Champions League um, last season. So again, still in the year, um, but they got knocked out eventually Barcelona. And that was the last time I saw Messi uh, in a game live uh, for the full 90 minutes well, on TV for Barcelona because I didn't bother watching him for the rest of the season. Because you never think, oh yeah, Messi's going to leave. But you just... He ended up leaving for PSG and now we're watching him for PSG in the Champions League. So time moves quickly. I really enjoyed that moment. Another great goal that I I enjoyed watching uh, was probably the Chiesa goal versus Spain in the Euros in the semi-final. I thought that game was outstanding. Great game to go to. Um, Italy versus Spain, two top quality teams. Italy may not even qualify for the World Cup because they're in the playoffs. That's insane that they're in the playoffs for the World Cup next year. And people always like to complain about how easy things are in European uh, championship qualifications. Clearly it's not. So it's going to be odd to see a World Cup without Italy again if they can't qualify, especially after being the Euro winners. Um, And then another moment for me, what did I really enjoy? That Pogba goal versus Switzerland was very good, but I'm not going to put it number one. It's just just one I'll mention because it's quite good. Probably Cristiano Ronaldo versus uh, Villarreal, I would say. That, yeah. that, that was like, oh, yeah, he's back at Man United in the Champions League. Really good goal. Um, hopefully he'll continue scoring more goals this season. It'll be, it'll be good to see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, it's just really, as a Man United fan, it feels a bit of fan service that we did get him back at Old Trafford. But it's just been a, a great joy to see Cristiano Ronaldo live in the flesh as a Man United fan um, and still doing what he's doing. He's not coming um, and lingering about. He's actually scoring goals, actually buying into yeah. Ralph um. Way of a way of playing at the moment, and hopefully at this time when it gets recorded, um, when it when it gets posted, sorry, um, he'll be settled in, in this way of speaking. But yeah, those are my kind of top three moments in terms of goals and um, whatever it was because I quite enjoyed watching a lot more football than I'd ever done really because of the lockdown and being on furlough for the first four months of the year. So that was really enjoyable for me. Just football, football, football every day. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, which is good. How many you got, you got left? Two more? One more?
1: Um, One more, I think another moment I'd put was the, um, I'd say, there's so many, but that Bernardo Silva goal against us that day was really good. Or um, there was that, or I could even put the, um, the, the, was it the, the volley Ronaldo scored against Spurs?
0: Oh my goodness, that was incredible, yeah. Um, exactly. That was a really That's
1: good the sort of technique that was used on that. Um,
0: Measuring the weight of the ball and everything.
1: Yeah, that. Oh, I mean, I think I have, I've scored one goal this season as well. Uh, I could probably put that one in there.
0: We still haven't seen any of your footages, man. I need to put it on the podcast because apparently you score quite a few decent goals. Nah, we I've, never I've see, we just hear of I've it.
1: Scored, I've scored decent goals, but I've just not scored that many. That's the problem. I think I've got four in my career.
0: So you're a scorer of great goals. You're not a great goal scorer. Yeah,
1: put it that way. I need to get closer close to the goal, to be honest. To be honest, uh, lately, the Keepers made some good saves off me last couple of games.
0: Mm. Yeah. I made a good save against you this year as well, which is quite funny. And that's on YouTube. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that, I guess that's that's out there.
0: That's out there, but that's what I'm saying. We need someone at Inter Batley to be recording your goals, man. It needs to be. The world needs to see your goals, Salim. Needs to. Be done.
1: Yeah, something like that. Or maybe you need to come out and record or something.
0: No, I could do. I could do. Um. Yeah, just, no. If I if I come and record, and it's a nil-nil. I won't be happy if I come coming all. Oh, no,
1: honestly, Sunday League is never nil-nil. That's one thing I can guarantee. Mm. You're- million percent going to see a goal no matter what even if it's like the worst goal in the world you're going to see it
0: no nah, it needs to be done you need to see football I need to see Sunday league football properly with, with you as well because like you said you're a different kind of player and it's almost it's been what a year and a bit since you've been at um yeah. football league on on Sundays as well so have yeah, you found yeah. that mentally for yourself it, it's been a lot easier for you um over the yeah. month.
1: I think I've settled quite well actually like you know last season was always going to be tough and I didn't expect to play like sort of the start, the first 10 games in a row and that kind of thing. Um, mm. uh, i find some players since then, some, you know, really good players, better players and stuff. So this season I've missed a couple of games due to, you know, if I've been in London or whatever and uh, other stuff. But, you know, the games that I have started and stuff or even come on, I've, I've enjoyed, I've, I'd say I've enjoyed it a lot more. Like I've come off the pitch thinking, you know, I've, I've actually enjoyed playing today kind of thing a lot more than I did last year because there'd be some games last year where the game would just sort of bypass me. And, you know, that's the worst thing, you know, you leave a pitch thinking I could have given more. I mean, I always leave the pitch thinking that, but there's times where you think you could have given so much more. and, and, And that's when it really hurts because you do all this prep, you wait a full week and... You know you even if you win, you kind of feel like you know, I've sort of like let the let the lads down a bit. I could have still done a bit more. It's it's more that, but the second you get subbed or the second that final whistle goes, that's it. You can't do anything else. You, you just have to be positive and try again next week.
0: Yeah, just take the the learning developments for be reflective yeah. of your performance and move on, which is what it is, really. Um, but that, that's how that's how it is at, at sound football. Even with me, when I would just play. Um, like like, because I played like three different games sometimes four if I go back to FNF in Birmingham as well a week so I'm just like oh, I could do this differently you could do that differently there's so much to learn and to do and you just say always not overthinking but being sometimes it can be overcritical and you're like sometimes just stick to the basics and you'll be fine and um, things will go your way and that's what I really enjoy about um, like even this year 2021 is the year that I've consistently got back into football and I'm really happy about that because um, I started to do it and then lockdown came, then I moved away and then uh, just settled settled into just playing football consistently and coaching yeah. football and scouting in football and all of that. And I've really enjoyed it. It's been, it's been a very positive moment um, in my life, not to get too deep, but it's been very positive to then move forward and be like, oh yeah, I'm doing something that I really like. It doesn't pay as, as much as other jobs that I've had, but it doesn't matter because I'm I'm enjoying it there's more for me to learn and there's more for me to actually improve upon the skills that I'm doing, which is pretty good. I'm quite happy that this has been the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's worked, it's worked out pretty well. Hopefully I'll be back at another couple FNFs over the season, which will be pretty good as well, which will be yeah, good. Yeah. Hopefully,
1: hopefully we both, you know, make it some FNFs together, you know, trying to aim for at least five in a year or something, a safe number that yeah. 12 preferably, but you know, that's, as long as you try, you know, we we, we will get some in. I'm sure, definitely sure we will get some, we'll get at least five, I reckon.
0: There'll be loads to go through as well, which will be pretty good as well. Um, but I'm going to look forward to it, um, going forward. Um, let's move on to our sixth side of the season of the year. I keep saying the season. It's not the end of the season. It's the end of the year. Sixth side of 2021. So we've seen the Ballon d'Or results. We've seen who got higher than most. We've seen who got lower than most, um, Realistically speaking, we can all kind of do our own little six aside for 20, 2021. And for yeah. me, Donna rumor doesn't make it as goalkeeper of two thousand twenty one just because he saved a couple of penalties at Euro. So um this is something that I think we'll just end off with a bang as well. So Salem, how do you see um basically your team of 2021 for just a six aside? Do you reckon it's gonna have loads of strikers in, a couple of midfielders? How would you how would you do it off the cuff? Who's impressed you?
1: Off the cuff, That's yeah. gonna be a t- uh, i go for Emmy in there mm-hmm. obvious reasons um, in defence you see this is a bit of a hard one but oof, probably I don't know it's a, it's a tough one but I'd probably go Cancelo
0: yeah it's been very good it's been very good the second half of 2021 I've got the word right uh, since the beginning of the season it's been very good as a left back and um, playing as an inverted fullback, it's been really good to watch. And unfortunately, he's a Manchester City player who, you know, when Pep Guardiola buys someone, and in their first season, they're trash or they barely get a game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no one's talking about how they wasted fifty million on Cancelo. Then the second season, they're just bright They're just brightening up every team that they're playing in. And they're just running round circles at uh, different teams in the Premier League. Pep Guardiola did it again with Xherdan uh, Cancelo. So. Um, easy, easy W there to get Cancelo in your team of the season um, and then, um, on the right
1: i go Messi mm.
0: obvious reasons Lionel Messi got to be in there
1: although he's not been that good this year uh, sort of this season sorry but the year I mean overall when you look at it you know amazing again I think is I think sometimes people just don't understand how good he truly is and even Ronaldo as well both of them in that sense and the thing is once they do obviously retire then we'll truly miss them I think that one thing is that we don't really appreciate both of them as much as we should because we're lucky to be blessed with so or there's so many amazing players out there who would have won like Ballon d'Ors if, if it wasn't for Ronaldo and Messi you know if you think about like Iniesta for example or even like Ribery two players that should have definitely won one but they just didn't because of those two being in the way and it just shows a level of you know, how good they actually are. Like, you know, you say Ronaldo, Messi, and then you've got like, well, Messi or Ronaldo, whichever, it's like them two at the top, and then you've got like a gap, and then you've got all these other world-class players who are all like, you know, potential Ballon d'Or winners, but they just won't win it because of them two. Uh,
0: Then next I would do that. Basically, I've always said it, like if we were football fans back in the 70s or 80s, and we had no influence from social media or from TV pundits or anything like that, and we'd just watch Ronaldo and Messi on the pitch, nine times out of ten, we'd appreciate the brilliance that we'd be seeing in front of us. And even if you're looking at in the 80s and the 90s, we like Maradona and um, yeah. all of these players coming through, uh, you'd be like just appreciating the greatness. But because like, even with us, there's so many opinions that divide and uh, you can agree with some, you can uh, uh, disagree with some. There'll be people on different podcasts saying, oh, Ronaldo's better than Messi, Messi's better than Ronaldo. There's so much information and so much content out there that you're just mind-boggled at times. You
1: know what I mean? Having this difference in opinion is what, you know, is it's an opinionated sport, football. And these opinions get us talking. If everyone just, if every single fan in the world disagreed, yeah, like is the best player in the world or, you know, so and is the best at this, then we'd never have any debates and it just be sort of like an acceptance kind of culture,
0: but... It's not I even think- that. It's, it's when they start... um What's the term? It's when they start trying to say things like, you know how Messi hasn't scored in uh, League One, like yeah. three or four goals, and people are going, oh, yeah, but Fred scored more at this time of speaking. Yeah. Fred scored more. Or then it's like, oh, Fred's better than Messi. I'm like, that's when it annoys me, when they go all tacky about it, and you're just uh, thinking, yeah. like, behave yourself. Like, literally calm yourself down. You've had a shocker there. Or when people are going... Oh, yeah, he's moved to PSG because, no, what, was it? what was, that it was it in the summer? Oh, he could have played at Barcelona for free. Why would he yeah. play at Barcelona for free? Even if he wanted to, it wasn't possible. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's only going for the money to PSG. I'm like, this is when it, you know, when it gets tedious, that's where, when it annoys me the most. When people are saying, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't respect Messi, I don't respect him. Like If you're a football fan, for me, you have to respect them both. You don't have to like them. But you have to respect them at the end. That's
1: the one thing you need to have that respect, respect for both of them.
0: Mm. 100%. It's like, I've, I've said this before. I may not have said it on the podcast, but I was talking to my cousin who's like 11 or 12. He was telling me about how, how Ronaldo only scores tap-ins and penalties and stuff. And I'm like, I was like to him, I was like, he was scoring amazing goals year in, year out before you were born. So I'm literally there, there to him. I'm like, do your
1: fact checks. The thing with tapping is that you need to have that movement. You need and to have that
0: availability pass- in the box. Front. Yeah, I agree. You need to have the movement. You need to have um, that killer instinct, really. And that's how it is. Um, sorry, yeah, you got Messi in your team. But that's, that's just something I wanted to get off my yeah. chest as well regarding Messi.
1: I'd have, um, I'd have Salah on the right and Messi in the 10, actually. Mm-hmm. And then on the left, I'd have Ronaldo. And up
0: top, I'd have Lewandowski. I want you to talk to me about Mohamed Salah because I've talked about him previously and I don't mind talking about him he's a very good player There's a Liverpool fan but I just want to know that. a bit more like from your perspective on how much more Mohamed Salah can do in a Liverpool shirt and if he yeah. is one of those players to move abroad and try something different because I don't think he should leave Liverpool because he's getting it the best he possibly can get it from what I can see the best coaches the best staff available the best team to work around him anywhere else would be Besides Bayern Munich, in my or Man City, anywhere else would be a downgrade for Mohamed Salah. Um, but let me just say your th- your thoughts on Mohamed Salah quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think his in terms of Premier League legacy, I think he's slightly underrated. Uh, if you look at the numbers, he's actually dropped. They're amazing in terms of like uh, contributions, goals, and assists. Um, the other thing that's quite important to note is that. For someone that's like, you know, he was just being a winger, attacking player. He wasn't, you know, that good when he came to Chelsea. And to think that he'd go from that to, you know, the best player in the world at the moment right now, you know, one of, he'd never would have guessed it. But the other thing is that, you know, the defending starts from the front in a clock team, with the you know, the Gagan press system. The defending starts from his front three. And to think you see Salah as somebody as one of like the best pressers, you know, in the Premier League. And if you look at his numbers for like pressures and tackles and stuff like that, you know, you could never, you know, like maybe 10 years ago that it never was a thing that, you know, your front three would be expected to defend from the front in that sort of manner. It just wasn't a thing, you know,
0: but. You'd be seeing that with like Wayne Rooney and Carlos Tevez and DDA Drogba and people would be like, oh yeah, they're only doing that because they're, they're, they're elite players or, oh, because they're they're hungry to do well for the team. I'm like, yeah, that's how it should be. And now it's like that for Man United and for Man City and uh, for Liverpool. And you're just there thinking, this is how football should be played. Attack from the front. Don't let them settle on the ball and get the ball back. And it works yeah. really well for Jurgen Klopp. And it has done um, this season, especially for Mohamed Mah- 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 Salah scoring. like What's he on now? At the time speaking, it's like 15 goals for the season, something like that. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm not sure, but you know, he single-handedly, you know, got Liverpool through quite a lot of games. You know, his his numbers are better than sort of Ronaldo's Premier League numbers in his seasons before. Obviously, he's been to Madrid and everything. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm not saying he's a better player than Ronaldo or anything like that, but I think his Premier League legacy is underrated. And if it wasn't for Man City, Liverpool would definitely would have had another, you know, couple of titles. Considering you know the Centurion season crazy from Man City that was so yeah I mean imagine losing you know the title by like a point I think was it a
0: point was it yeah it's, it's t- by, it was by a goal difference wasn't it no I think it was it was definitely by a point or something it's by a point yeah it, yeah. it was by that there's that like goal line technology thing as well where it's like of that much left in the in the ball didn't go but in it the net
1: just shows how far Man City and Liverpool have pushed this I think Leicester won the title with 70-something points. I think normally you'd get 80-something points and you win the title. Now it's like the aim is 95. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Even 95. Imagine getting 98 points, I think it was Liverpool got and not winning a title or 97. It's something stupid like that. But imagine getting that many points, you know, winning that many games and not winning the title. It's unheard of, you know, to to go on them kind of like runs. People used to say, like, you know, it's all Real Barca in that Spanish league, and everyone else are just, you know, just there. And now look what they've done to this league. I mean, the Premier League's come back quite a lot more competitive now, actually, when you think you've got Chelsea there and you've got, you know, a lot of other teams like West Ham have got a lot of respect for the stuff that they've done. And they're
0: still up and about, as well, not this season, but they're always trying to challenge as well, which is always
1: good. So, yeah, that's why Salah there and up top Lewandowski.
0: Lewandowski is just, what, 65 goals for the year? So that's just incredible. And it's just it's just, just, uh, it's just a shame for Lewandowski the fact that the Polish national side is kind of developing further now that he's close to his old age now. So yeah. imagine if he does a Ronaldo and he stays to his 36, 37. That would be brilliant just to see more of Robert Lewandowski because he's not looking to retire or give up anytime soon. And hopefully it stays that way. It'll be pretty good to go for. Um, yeah.
1: But I think the other thing I just wanted to quickly mention, sorry, was that it was quite nice of Messi as well to say at the Ballon d'Or that, you know, I think everyone accepts that last year's Ballon d'Or, which should be given to Lewandowski, you know, is his. And I think that something needs to be done about that because he thoroughly deserves that.
0: Yeah, I don't see what else, like, why... like I know why they stopped it because of COVID, but it's just the fact that these are the times that we're in now just to give him the Ballon d'Or... Uh, yeah honestly, as well I, I
1: honestly I think he deserves it and even Messi said it that we all agree that last year was yours and
0: you should have it exactly we need to see more of that my team of the year is not too dissimilar from yours um so in goal for me I'm going for Mendy from Chelsea I thought it's been fantastic this season some of the saves he made in the Champions League last season sort of fantastic um, run from him which is pretty good uh, in defense. Oh, Ruben Dias. Oh yeah. yeah, that's actually. I feel like changing man now. <laughs> I was thinking about it. And I'm just there thinking. I can't leave him out, even though if he didn't do great at the Euros, domestically and in the Champions League, getting to the final, the first final, Vincent Kompany couldn't do that with with him at uh, Man City, and Ruben Diaz does it in his first season. Incredible, and they won the league, obviously. They're doing pretty well in in the league at the moment, looking really threatening, and I think that's a big credit to Ruben Dias. Um, Muhammad Salah goes into my team as well. He's just unplayable at times, and it's just like as a Man United fan, like there's only so much you can say before thinking. You know what? Fair play, just is just fantastic to watch, and is actually really good to to really enjoy. I really enjoy watching uh, Mohamed Salah. There, I've said it. I can't take it back now, and it's on the podcast and it's recorded. Oh, but- is really good to watch um this what I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to make my team but i'm just going to mention nicolo barella i think nicolo, nicolo barella did really well um for inter milan and for italy in the european championships up until uh let's say september october really i've been following him like every other week because I of the time and i thought he's been pretty good he's been one for the future for italy did really well in in the summer as well, especially against Belgium. I think it's Belgium you played against as well. He had a really good game. Um, but I really like um, Nicola Brolo, but he's not going to go in the team. I'm going to go for Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi again, being a bit standard with what we have. And I'm going to go for Robert Lewandowski because I'm looking at that front four that you just were saying. And yeah. I could be, I could be me and trying to find changes in it and trying to fit someone like Bruno Fernandes in or Marcus Rashford yeah. in and go for another little narrative, but. It just looks kind of silly if I do it now. and It looks pretty fine the way it is. Uh, Bruno Fernandes hopefully has a better season. Kevin De Bruyne, I want to see more of again. Uh, hopefully, Jack Riddish settles in, in Manchester as well and does really well coming up. But yeah, that's, that's how I would I would go for it at the moment. Um, Mendy. There we go. So it was Iobard Mendy. It was um, Ruben Diaz, Mohamed Salah. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Lionel Messi and Robert Lewandowski. And just like I said as well, I want to see more numbers from these attacking midfielders because seeing <laughs> excuse me, seeing the likes of like uh, Rub- uh, Bruno Fernandes, Kevin De Bruyne, Mason Mount as well, even Son, I want to see some more numbers from them because we see it. And they're always hovering just below greatness from what I can see and it may, it may be controversial to say about Kevin De Bruyne, but Kevin De Bruyne, because this isn't such a good team, you want to see him take that next step for Belgium. Yeah. You want to see him take that next step in, in Europe in the Champions League, because Premier League after League Cup, after League Cup, after FA Cup, it, it all gets a bit standard for Man City, which is fine. But if they want to be a big club and if they want to do bigger things and greater things with their team, they need to get that step further. And I think this season will be a big one for Kevin De Bruyne in terms of how he can be that main guy in the midfield now, because all of the other midfielders around him, they may be um, more experienced in Fernandinho and Gundogan, but in the attacking players Mm -hmm. like Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling, Ferran Torres, they'll be looking at Kevin De Bruyne and they'll be thinking, we need your expertise in this and we want to know what we can do better um, to get to that European final as well. That could be something that could happen as well, which would be pretty good. Right, just to end our new year's eve podcast or whenever this is going to get released um name me three players salem who you expect to see big things from in 2022 and who are you looking forward to watching in 2022
1: okay first one i'd say villa lad um jacob, jacob ramsey oh. uh, as well but jacob ramsey you know he's really coming into his role mm-hmm. as a ball carrier so you know give me some like sort of greenish vibes from that but yeah. he's, he's definitely one uh the second one as in are these just like players that are sort of like pros like so prospects or even like you know established players that are more established
0: as well like people that could have points to prove so someone like a Deli ali if he was to move away if you want to see him do well that's just an example i'm not saying that i want him to but as an example it could be, <laughs> going to be
1: quite important for players to move in jan if they want to be playing in the world Cup. you know this, they're not going to get selected if they've been like on the bench, kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah, I'd say he's definitely one. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what we get from sort of uh, sort of Foden actually from the World Cup in 2022. I think that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. And um, the third one, this one's a tough one because I feel like saying Declan Rice because he's had quite a good sort of start to the season. Uh, this season has been amazing, but another one I could probably say like for us, uh, Marcus Nakamba's really grown into his role in the Gerard after a couple of games. So yeah, I mean the third one I'd probably just say, probably just say, uh, probably just say Rice. See what see what more he can bring to his game. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I think he's done a lot more this, this season already from, from mm. September. It's been more of an attacking threat as well, not just in terms yeah. of ball carries and uh, recoveries as well.
1: That- mm.
0: It's really helping him that he's in European football in the Europa League. As someone who I think deserves to be in European football, especially after the Euros in the summer, He is mm. really good to go and see. Um, for me, someone who I want to see more of in 2022 is Jadon Sancho. So he's my number one on the list. And obviously being a Man United fan and someone who's really admired Sancho for a long period of time, I want to see more from him. I want to see how he does in the Premier League for the rest of the season. I want to see how he can adapt to being um, in, a, in, a, in a team where he's not always guaranteed a, a first choice position. And under Ralph Ragnick, who's a big admirer of him himself, even his trying to think of ways to get Greenwood in, trying to think ways of getting Van der in, and in and this 4-2-2-2 two, two, two system that we're, we're playing at this moment in time. He, he did okay against Crystal Palace and I'd like to see more of him and I'd like to see more of his numbers going up um, in and around Manchester United and hopefully being beneficial for England and Qatar, making amends for unfor- that unfortunate mistake um, in the penalty shootout. Uh, second one, second player I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of... Eh? I'm not sure if I'm going to see much of him. To be fair, because basically there's a player for um, Ajax called Anthony. He's Brazilian. He's a yeah, right yeah. winger.
1: I've seen him in FM before.
0: He's really good. Yeah, the winger is is really yeah. good to watch. And it's like I've been saying these last few weeks. I go out, go out my way to watch Ajax play um, their games. And it's really fun. But it's just the fact that I don't watch Dutch football. So I'm just looking forward to seeing him in the Champions League. And I'm going to look forward to see if he gets into that Brazil squad. Um, for the World Cup in 2022. So hopefully Anthony can make a couple of good appearances for Ajax and they can go on a good run and hopefully someone that becomes an, an important member of that Brazilian side um, in 2022, Qatar. And the third one for me, the third player for me, it's, it's, not, it's not major, it's just... You know what it is? It's, this has been on my mind for a long period of time. You know we have all of these right-backs for England. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier. It
1: goes on, it goes on, yeah.
0: It goes on. I want to see which one of those comes out on top to start that first game in Qatar and who makes the squad for that because Kieran Trippier is still Gareth Southgate's favourite. He'll continue to play him wherever he can. Mm-hmm. Kyle Walker is the best right-back currently. Um, but we've seen more of these players come through like Reese James and Callum Hudson-Odoi and Mason Mount from Chelsea and I, saw, I said it around this time last year as well, I really enjoyed the fact that Frank Lampard had his time at Chelsea with that transfer ban because he got a lot of these players into the first team and consistently playing first team football and even though he's left and Thomas Sush was kind of um, enjoying the fruits of Lampard's labour, he's got he's got to have a shout out in there, Frank Lampard in, in terms of what he's done um, for yeah. Chelsea Football Club and in a way changed the mentality because you've got uh, Trevor Chalobah coming through this season who's done very well so far at centre-back but I'm just going to round it to Rhys James. I want to see how Rhys James does for the rest of the year coming up in 2022. I want to see if he does really well in this in this title challenge uh, for Chelsea because he's kept yeah. asper outside of the squad for quite a while. And it doesn't look like they're going to revert back to asper because why would you after the performances Rhys James is putting in um, for Chelsea at the moment and for England, which is good. All right, we're at the end of our recording for our mini-episode before...
1: 2022 so uh, one thing though before we finished
0: uh, yeah you had something you wanted to say sorry go for Yeah, it.
1: No, you, can, you can just you can just start it you can introduce it it's fine
0: um yeah so unfortunately at this time of speaking um basically there was a, there was a, a death that kind of shocked the whole country so basically it was a little boy from from Birmingham so this like for me as, as someone who um to to put it bluntly, like basically, my my brother, my sister, law they gave birth to a baby boy, a baby girl, sorry, um, not so long ago. So yeah, I can I can kind of empathize in terms of the way that um this is happening. But I'm rambling a bit. Basically, there's a boy called um Arthur Labino Hughes. I think it's Arthur Hughes, and he was murdered, and it was it was really sad. And is is a Birmingham is a Birmingham uh, boy as well, and it's just. It's just really sad. And that's kind of how I see it because you're just there thinking who could do this to a child and who could do this to another human being, let alone someone who's as helpless as as he was. And it's just a defenseless, innocent boy. And it's just, it's a sickening crime for someone who was six years old, wasn't he, Salim? He was six years old.
1: Yeah. So yeah, just going on from that. I mean, I remember reading the story, I think it just sort of came out sort of last week or something, but it just showed, you know, the whole city of Birmingham United, you know, for you know, with Arthur and um, it's sad, you know, Kevin, you know, you can't even comprehend and put into words what's even happened. It's disgraceful; shouldn't happen. Doesn't feel
0: all. real at all.
1: But you know, I mean, it's it's happened. But to see the response, that you know, how everyone sort of got together has been extremely positive behind such a disgraceful thing. And I just thought we had to make a case of sort of mentioning mentioning it on the podcast. <laughs> as it was something that was quite important to me um just watching the villa game as well and in the sixth minute how the game stopped and uh, you know everyone just applauded and sank
0: mm.
1: you know yeah. it just, show, just shows you know that's that's all I can say but it was really moving touching and I honestly just can't believe it and I can't even imagine what Arthur went through as well and it just, you know, makes me feel worse every time I think about it. And uh it's it's hard to not think about it as is been sort of ingrained in my mind. And you know, obviously there's only so much uh the justice system can do as well. But hopefully these the two people get, you know, punished uh you know properly.
0: Yeah. That, it's just it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it, it it's a thing that would happen, but it's it's happened and it's unfortunate that's happened so close to home as well. And it's just like it, it won't make up for what's happened. But the response from the general public has, has been a positive and a really bad and a really negative thing. And um, even just trying to put this into words, was, even for me, is struggling just to do that. And it's just really sad of what's happened at this time of speaking. And there, should, there needs to be more that needs to be done with it, really, um, going forward. And children they can't protect themselves at this time of year, especially with Christmas time coming up and people that have been um, in lockdown for a couple of months as well. I just hope it doesn't get worse and it it doesn't become a common thing because people Mm -hmm. have seen what this is and it's just a disgusting matter um, as well. Mm -hmm. But just to end the podcast, we will change it to something a bit more lighthearted, just so we end on a positive note, like I like to do. What can we expect for 2022 for Friday night counter attack, selling. Are we going to go to Qatar to watch a couple of games, maybe? What can we expect?
1: Who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, it is something that I really want to do, and that is to go to Qatar. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Villa at Wembley uh, in the FA Cup, but we need to get past United. But no, Would- no, I'd love to just see Villa on a European tour, whether it be 2022 or it might even be 2023, but let's, let's see what happens. It's, you know, every year so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen next week let alone for a full year but it's nice to have sort of predictions and even goals as to what you want to achieve and you know where you can see your team in a year and where you see yourself in the next year too so yeah you know you just have to be positive and there's definitely going to be bad days and good days but as long as you have more good days than bad I guess uh, you're doing something
0: right. Yeah 100% agree and especially from listening back to our New Year's Eve podcast last year as well and I'm just there thinking I think I said it on the podcast that this time next year I can listen back to it and think oh yeah this changed and this has changed for the better and just like you said fortunately for me in 2021 there are more good days than bad days and it was one of those things that I liked I like that mentality that was instilled in me in terms of make the bad days a good days in terms of if you are having a bad day what can you do to change it and if you're having a good day what can you do to keep a hold of it and make sure that you can enjoy it and be present in the moment and that's what I really enjoyed in 2021, uh, becoming a more present guy in terms of like, if I'm at a Man United game and we're watching it, enjoy the game as much as possible. But tomorrow's an, another day. Yesterday was behind us and just continue moving. It sounds like a cliche and one of those Instagram type quotes, but it's true in terms of like, you got to enjoy what you got to enjoy and enjoy the moments in terms of um, how you're going to move forward as well. And I'm looking forward to what we've got in store for the next next year ahead again it will be more of these podcasts that we'll be releasing and there'll be more of these uh conversations that we'll be having because we're never just going to be a football podcast and that's what i love about us and we'll always have a variety of people to talk yeah. to about different things in football and in mental health and what benefits us and that's why we've got the podcast in the first place to benefit what we can do and what can learn differently for the future and i can say hundred percent that i've learned a lot and developed a lot through the podcast and through people i've been talking through on the podcast as well which has been fantastic but if we do get tickets to qatar i'm looking forward to it it's going to be good it's going to be in a halal country as well so nothing to worry about in terms of the food which will be all all pretty good um but no uh, closing messages from me thank you everyone for listening um through through the year for friday night Counterattack on our spotify we had like 17 or 18 different countries which are improved from 2020 which is fantastic we had like uh i think it was 12 or 13 uh, yeah. listeners who we had at number one in terms of podcasts as well so it wasn't me creating podcast um, uh, profiles 11 times in a row just to get the stats up that wasn't me um but no it was just it was just great to make this content and it's, it's great that we actually do get a lot more feedback now which is good as well especially on youtube uh on instagram as well it's very good as well Uh, In the link below, we'll have all of our links for what we have coming up. Uh, It's just been great to have conversations with everyone. Salem, it's been great to have conversations with you. Do you have any closing messages um, for our listeners for 2021?
1: Uh, I mean, I'd just say, you know, just interact. You know, we love to hear different opinions and have, you know, healthy debates, not sort of deluded Arif kind of debates. But yeah, and on top of that, I think it'd be amazing to bring back, check it out. Because I quite enjoyed that series, that was probably one of my favourite things that I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Season uh, two will be coming in 2022. That's my Ramadan project right there, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be yeah,
1: good. Yeah, down for that. You know, I need to get some more kits together and good to go.
0: Oh, I've got loads of kits that so I got a bit. I got a bit addicted to it as well, which will be good. Um, But no, hopefully we'll, we'll have more content for you that you'll enjoy. And and like we like Salem said, we like interacting with you guys as well. So when you do um when you do listen to our podcast follow us on instagram as well because we do like a weekly q a um on our saturdays and our friday nights as well so it's really good to get involved with, with people that are listening to us and to learn from you guys a bit more which is brilliant thank you everyone for listening take care and see you all in 2022 enjoy